Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. You are such a breath of fresh air. I always admire you. The way you carry yourself is inspirational. And I'm trying to be you when I grow up. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into some loopholes, some tricks, some useful secrets, you guys, to expanding your ability to gain and operate in power and strength as we talk about how to admire more. I'll see you on the flip. Well, there you are. Thank you so much for joining me on the flip. And today we're going to talk about admire more. And why? Well, because as wisdom would have it, she is trying to set us up for a brighter day, a better way in everything that we do. And it was a, I think it was kind of a epiphany that I had uh, just very recently about the role that admiration plays. Now, we've, we talk a lot about gratitude. We talk a lot about respect. And I'm not trying to say that there's just this trinity because, of course, I am learning and growing every day with you guys. And that's why I'm your servant, you know, your practical priestess of wisdom. But I will say at this particular time, I am rocking that trinity of gratitude, respect, and admiration. So. Let's go the way we normally do. Let's take a look at the etymology of this word. Now, it is a 1400s kind of word where it really got its footing and got going, but it first started showing up in the 1300s. So we're talking about 14th century. So we're talking about this word has been around for about 600 plus years. And guess what? It still means the same thing. So you guys know what that means. That means it's a very, very powerful word. It means that there is a lot of energy packed into the word. Now, the word we're going to look at today is the verb form of it, admire, to admire. And what it means is to regard with wonder and marvel at. And if you look at the word respect, it looks similar, but it tells you that you need to go back. It makes the assumption that you've looked at something or regarded it, but you need to go back and look at it some more. With admiration, it is what it is. And it even talks about how 
the admirer, admiration, and all of these came about to the point where an admirer was synonymous with a lover. And if you take that and look at it, to admire means to love on something, to spread your love. Okay. And so it goes on to say that in the way the French used it in the old French, they said that it was to look upon and contemplate. Mm -hmm. Now, to contemplate is to consider and to dissect and to break down into its components so that you get a deeper understanding and knowledge. You get into the realm of meditation when you're looking at contemplation. And then if you look at the Latin, it uses the word wonder again. It's it's called admar, admirari. I have to slow down to say that one. Admirari is the Latin version of this. And the meaning of that is to regard with wonder, be astonished, and to regard with And so when we have this wonder, when we have this uh, regarding or gazing upon or contemplating, it lets you know that there is, this is an active verb. You cannot passively admire. You become engaged with the subject or with yourself or both to be able to properly admire. And this is real important because If you have these verbs that are very strong and they cause you to have a reaction, it's really powerful. Now, I'm going to say this. There's this book and um, it's a design book and I'm still working through it because I'm treating it more like a textbook than a reading book. And it is, and I I need to pull it up. I'm not ready. I I didn't know I was going to talk about this book, but it just makes so much sense to talk about it right now. Okay. So anyway, um, so the book is uh, about design and it is called The Design of Everyday Things by Don Norman. And Don Norman is famous. He uh, has affiliations with big companies, including Apple. He has taught design. And one of the things that he talks about in in this training He talks about three different uh, reactions that a person has when they interact with something and how you need to make it basically admirable, remarkable, respectful, where they go back and contemplate. And I love the way he says this because the first step, he says, it should, when you create something of great design, the person or the entity interacting with it should have a visceral reaction. And that visceral reaction, we know visceral meaning it, it's immediate. It is a re, um, a, a knee-jerk reaction. It bypasses the brain and it directly fires into the primal where you uh, get your desires, your fears, and all of that. And it's only after it's done that, does it then move into a processing side where guess what? You get into the admiration where you start to regard with wonder and marvel at it and contemplate it and be astonished <laughs> as um, the word admiration talks about. And like I said, it, it just came to me. I'll make sure um, that um, I uh, mention the, the book. 
But with this whole thing about admire more, to me, it is a loophole, a shortcut, a um, insider's knowledge of deep truth to be able to help us to enact more meaning in our life and add more depth to our soul. And there is another book <laughs> that I have mentioned many times on here. It's called The Engines of God, and it's by Jack uh, Medevic, and it is a sci-fi book. And I love it because it has a very strong female lead, and it's all the things I love about science fiction with uh, outer space travel, going and looking at different cultures and civilizations. And like I said, I've, I've recommended it before on the show. And it's fiction, you guys, so it's a fiction. Um, but there is this... Um, statement that is said by the archaeologists of the group. And what she says is, now this is a fiction character talking, but I love this quote. She says, show me a what a people admire and I will tell you everything about them that matters. And yes, I have contemplated on this. I will continue to contemplate on this because when you look at this uh this 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 idea of admiration and what matters if you're not careful it can be an indictment and so i look at what do i admire what do i cherish what do i contemplate on and it gives me great insight on what matters to me at a given time because I am always trying to make sure that I'm doing a self-diagnostic to keep myself healthy, to keep myself humbled, to keep myself in the position for wisdom to continue to guide and lead me and for me to be able to take advantage of opportunities when they arise to not have to do things unnecessary uh, to my advancement. And understanding about this whole sense of admiration, it is very powerful because, like I said, when you start just looking at what do I admire? And if you're confused about what you admire, what do you spend the most time gazing at? Whether it be entertainment, whether it be an activity, a person, a thing, a hobby, what is it that gets your gaze? And once you look at that, what is it that consumes a lot of your free time that you're not getting paid for? And that's the big qualifier. If you do it unprovoked where you don't get paid for it and you still do it, mm -hmm, that falls into an area of admiration. And I will say this, I was um, talking to my one of my nieces the other day and we were talking a little bit about this. And uh she she was talking about how it's hard to have friends in her you know in her age range because a lot of them are very vapid and she and she was talking about how much they admire just what people look like and following different um, Instagram models and all this kind of stuff and she was actually she's taking a break from um, social media and so that was part of the reason and she was like you know I I, I admire a, a great photograph I admire the way you know the sun plays on the water and you know and all of these different things and I was like you know what that is very beautiful. And I talked to her about what you admire is a, a good insight to what matters to you. 
And and she was like, you know, that makes so much sense. And I felt really connected with her on that because it is something that we really do understand when we hear it. You don't really have to do much explaining about it. It just hits you like in the gut, like, hmm, I agree. No lies detected. You know, that kind of thing. And so, like I said, going through and looking at what do I spend my time on? Because we can lie to ourselves and say, oh, I admire this or that. But mm -mm, your screen time, that will tell you really what you admire. You know, there there comes a time when your guilty pleasure is not your guilty pleasure. It's your admiration. And you have to just be honest with yourself. And so using this admiration as a pathway to figure out what matters to me, I am able to tweak, I'm able to adjust, and I'm able to expand. And I will tell you, this thing is powerful because as I'm doing this, and anybody can do it, trust me, you don't have to pay anything. You can just immediately start doing it. There's no ramp up. There's no uh, prerequisites. It's just Truly, where energy, I mean, where attention goes, energy flows kind of situation. Because what I'm finding is that when you start uh, consciously and specifically admiring things that have a greater impact, that are uh, more stable, that feed your soul in a good way, you tend to increase your personal meaning. Meaning that others around you notice a sense of groundedness, a sense of depth about you. It also helps you to uh, become more uh, agile and adaptable to understanding culture. Now, back to that book, The Engines of God and the Fictitious uh, Doctor, the archaeologist. Um, in the book, she is trying to crack a case of why certain monuments were left on all of these different moons and satellite planets. And uh, they are racing about trying to figure it out because there is a diabolical dark entity. And I'm not going to tell you about the book because this is a good book and you you know, you know would really enjoy reading it. Um, but what she is doing is she is able to recreate culture, Mm -hmm. recreate culture based on these things. And um, it's been said that if you want to figure out culture, you'll look at people's symbols and what moves them. And the symbols and what moves them are the motions that they take around these symbols. Combine those together and you get ritual. And then ritual, because it is something done on a daily, produces the zeitgeist culture of a people. So recently we had um, in the U.S. our our big culmination of the gladiatorial games, a.k.a. American football, in the name um, and, and it was the Super Bowl. And that is a ritual. And there are so many different symbols around it. There are so many different understandings that the culture makes. There are just industries that are all about this particular cultural event. And when you look at it, say, for instance, you take this application of admiration and what matters and you supply it on how you view the Super Bowl, it is going to immediately give you insight into what matters to you and what meanings you put on things. Now, why is this part important? 
I'm glad you asked. Even if you didn't, I'm glad you're asking. What it does is it helps you to get um, a better understanding of how to be in a position of personal power and strength and influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, observing uh, someone, the uh, it wasn't the other day, it was a little while ago, and they had a meteoric rise. And they were talking about how after they had this meteoric rise, they messed it up. And it was one of those shows where they're like, I got a lot of money in and I, I blew through it. But there was something that the, that the young man said that was really important. And he said this, he said, when I got there, I realized I wasn't ready for the power and influence I had. And he said, I had to go back and reevaluate what mattered the most to me. You see how this whole thing is coming together? What he said, so he said, what mattered the most to me? And he said, what type of meaning my life was to have for me, myself and for my part in society? And I was like, that is brilliant. And that means that he's been contemplating and doing his work. And now he, he even went on to say, he's like, I got my act together. And he says, instead of trying to just do stuff crazily here and there, he says, I got a team because I, I started to learn what I needed to be able to do the things that I needed to do in the way I wanted to do them. And he says, and now I don't have that uh, fear of not being able to be in a position of strength, power, and influence um, because of my shaky foundations. And I was like, that is really powerful. And I, you know, I just love when I'm able to learn from different peoples. And so let's, let's talk about how we can get practical on this admiring more stuff. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is this, that you need to widen your field. And when I say widen your field, spread out and explore more cultures, explore different um, articulations of happiness and joy. Listen to different music. Consider looking, listening to world music. Read different books. If you're only reading one type of business book, uh, consider reading uh, a hobby book or a fiction book of a genre that you've never considered before. You know, change it up and 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 do those things. And the reason why is because, and you guys know I've been talking about chaos and order for a while now. Y'all better listen up. There's some wisdom in this. But what ends up happening when you get into this confinement that has a definite strong boundary around it, you get to the point where order starts to break. So if you listen to uh, Embrace the Chaos and uh, many of the others that I've done, you know, since then with regards to how chaos and order works, you'll notice that order gets to the point where if it's so confined and it's so predictable and all of the processes are, are rote, you can do them in your sleep, the process becomes worn. And then what ends up happening is, is the process, process moves to stagnation. It, um, it stops, it uh, deteriorates. And what ends up happening is, is it starts to move into chaos. There's a cliff that it falls off into where it becomes chaotic. And that is because Chaos is first danger, destruction, pain. Some people equate it as death, uh, turmoil, but it is also the realm of newness, of 
rebirth. Think of the phoenix coming out of the ashes. It is the the place of uh, creativity, innovation, and uh, electric ele- electricity. It's, it's it's vibrant. It's powerful, and it's unpredictable. And so, when we fail to expand the things that we can admire, we get stuck. And we get into a rut and we get to the point where we are so limited that we cannot support what um, the environment wants to give us. It, we can't support those dreams that live in the in the far recesses of our, in the basement of our brain that are just like, if you would only give me a chance, I could show you how good we can have it kind of, kind of situations. And so what I want to do is I want to help you, um, not, I, 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 I don't know if this is help as much as this is wake up, this is available. I just want to make you aware of the fact that you have so much power in you. And by daring to admire more, you immediately start to put yourself in a po- position where you can grow because admiration, mm-hmm, it begets power. Don't believe me? And I'm, I'm going to come back to these boundaries because we're not finished with it. But let me just tell you a little bit about some of the famous admirers through history. Uh, if you look at uh, some of the great seducers, if you will, men and women, many of them on from the French Revolution, um, the, the mistresses and the courtesans of the past, all the way to the contemporary relationships of people who are professional admirers to people, you will see that they wield a power that you cannot easily displace them of. You see, as a person who is a professional admirer, they make the people that their gaze is turned on, they make them feel like there is nothing they cannot do. If you are looking at this from Mr. Robert Greene, one of my favorite nonfiction authors, um, I think the contemporary father of dark psychology, <laughs> if you look at his quintessential book, The Art of Seduction and the Nine um, Seductive Types, you would find that the person with this gift of admiration is going to be the charmer because when you're with the charmer truly they are I don't it's not like they're lying like maybe the rake might be but when you have this charmer when they are with you the sun you hang the sun and the moon and they truly feel that way it's all about you until it isn't but it's all about you And think about a person who is able to envelop you in this love where you feel uh, invincible and you feel impenetrable from the, the stings of the world because you have this admiration, this gaze, this, this pouring of love. It is a very powerful force and a powerful aphrodisiac. And that's just one expression of this. Think about this. So, We're going to move away from the lovers of people and let's move over to lovers of objects. Why is it that art museum curators have so much power? It is a lot of times because their admiration and love for 
preservation of the the collecting of, of cultural items so that others might be able to gaze upon them and admire them as well, begets power. And I, like I said before, sometimes I want to kick myself because I'm like, it was staring me in the face all the time. Why did it take me so long to realize that if you want to do all the things that uh, help you to leave a legacy, help you to feel good about what you do, why is it it's so simple and it's right in our face, but it's like hidden in plain sight? You know, I was like, wow. I'm I'm good with, you know, being grateful. You know, I'm 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 really good with uh showing respect, but this admiration thing, I was I was halfway playing. And I'll say this, as you guys can see, I admire wisdom. Wisdom is my jam and I love it, I respect it, I honor it and I'm grateful for it. And I can tell you just by sharing my love of wisdom with you daily, it is starting to give power that I didn't realize would come my way. And it's not power where you think it's a a punitive or a corrective power. No, it's a reputational power that I didn't realize. And I was like, thank you, wisdom. I'm so humbled by that. And it was because I decided to get out of the boundaries that held me back of, I don't have anything to say. Why would anybody listen to me? You know, and getting over myself and getting over, you know, the imposter syndrome that would hold me back. Who am I to talk about this? You know, and all that kind of stuff. And so that brings me with the last few minutes that we have, um, why I implore you to find what it is that you can admire. Because what will happen is when you start to do proper admiration, you will find that you truly start to understand what you matter, uh, what matters to you, and who and what you matter to. You then, like I said, it's got some, this thing has levels. It's got some byproducts of power, strength, and influence, and reputation. It's also got it where, and I I forgot, I didn't put it down in my notes, but when I was thinking about talking about this today, um, it is this this funniest thing. There's this gentleman, uh, he changed his name to uh, Food God, and uh, he's associated with the Kardashians. And he's a great admirer and lover of food, but he does not cook, that I understand. But he has um, books and cookbooks and things out, and he is known for having an amazing palate for food and uh, a golden tongue, if you will. But you can clearly see that this man admires the food. He admires the preparation and the people who prepare it. And because of this admiration, he has become a star in his own right in the food industry, in the food world. And some have even said that if he gives you a recommendation, that it can mean the difference between uh, you be being part of the plebeians and you rising up to the upper echelon. That is the power of of admiration. So I want you to um, admire more. Remember, we're going to spread out. We're going to break past our boundaries. And one of the things is, one of the fastest ways, like I said before, is to start admiring and exploring more cultures, more cultures. Um, I find myself now um, going on YouTube and finding the people who do languages 
uh, who learn different languages for, for different countries, uh, there are a few channels I like to watch because not only do they tell you what they've learned about the language, they tell you a little bit about how the culture constructs their communication. And I admire them greatly and I support them. I even watch their ads to make sure they get their ads spent on YouTube. And it has helped me. Because of that, I am able to break out of the confines of a a mind that I don't have to worry about atrophying, that I don't have to worry about getting so polarized on one one topic that I become unteachable. And, you know, because that would be the kiss of death for me. And so another thing is, is like I said before, the closer you are, and this is this is one uh, that is just a, a truth that we've we've learned with evidence and all. The closer you physically are to an outer boundary of water, you know, a boundary that's able to receive imports, exports, that allows travel, encourages tourism, is uh, able to receive cruise ships and the like, the more you are able to have personal improvement because there, it has been said uh, port cities the people genuinely have a higher admiration for different cultures um, because they get a chance to interact with them. They get a chance to see the commonalities and appreciate and admire, yeah, that's that word, the differences as well. And what this does is it expands their borders by proxy. So say, for instance, you live in town A and it happens to have be a port and there's someone 3,000 miles away and they come via water and they come and they spend money with you. They, they tour. They appreciate what you have and you get a chance to interact with them and it becomes a daily kind of ritual. You can no longer be closed off in your own little tight little boundary because the fear of the different is gone. When you interact with people from other lands and other cultures every day and you see that they're more like you than they aren't, that fear of I don't know you and you might hurt me goes away. And thus, their admiration grows and you guessed it, they get more strength and more power and all of that. So I want you to just know that the more you restrict and narrow your boundaries, the more regressive you become. You stop the ability for good, unexpected pleasures, joys, and benefits, and prizes, and and uh, uh, gifts to come your way because you become tight. There's that proverbial saying that the the closed hand gets no food. You have to open up, and you have to be willing to search for, fight for command yourself to find something to be in admiration of, to regard with wonder, to marvel at, to look upon and contemplate, to fall in love with, and to find it to be wonderful and wondrous. That, my dear, my dear, dear listener, is part of the loophole of getting to great, a place of great strength, influence, and power. And let me just say this, the power that you get from admiration is not a power that causes others to suffer. It is a power benefited to you because you have been proved worthy and trustworthy enough to uplift others because you're really good at it, because you're good at admiring people. So I'm going to encourage you, admire more, admire everything that, that matters 
you see how I had to say the word matters? And you will find that you have a deeper depth of meaning and the benefits are outstanding. So guess what? My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, uh, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.